Mississippi. We grew up in a, a real small country church, and um, we would have revival at least uh, twice a year. It was something that uh, when I was very young, it would go, uh, we'd have morning and night services, and then the older I got, they um, switched to um, just night services. Um, but I, I can remember as a young a uh, young man's a young um, kid, teenager, somewhere during that the revival, it never never failed. Um, usually, um, it would be on Friday night. Sometimes it would be earlier during the week. Um, the preacher would always, um, every preacher that would come would always preach on this subject at least once during that week, and. Um, I can remember as a, as a kid, uh, um, before I knew that I was saved and knew that um, I was going to heaven, um, leaving those services uh, year after year, scared. And, and uh, there again, I remember also when 9-11 happened, I, I was, uh, I think I was in sixth grade when that took place, and um, the, whole, the whole conversation uh, begin to change religiously. And now I can remember people say, boy, Jesus is fixing to come. This has happened. Jesus is coming. Um, just, just, I mean, he's, he, no doubt, this is the last straw. Jesus is coming. And um, I, I can remember as a, as a kid um, waking up in the middle of night and going to my parents' room and and making sure they're still there. I, I didn't know if I was going or not if Jesus come, but but I knew they was going to go. And um, so I, I would go in, in the middle of the night and run in there, make sure they were still there, make sure that I hadn't been left behind. And um, I, I can remember um, having a plan if the rapture did happen. I had, I've always been a big fella, and you can tell I like to eat. And so I had in my mind that if the rapture happens, this is my plan. I will eat all the food at my house, and then I will go to my grandmother's house and eat all the food there. And when I run out, um, I'll go to house to house to people that I knew was going to be go with the Lord, and and um, that's how I would sustain myself going into their houses and eating their food if the Lord come back. And I didn't, I didn't go. And uh, looking back at it, that's um, humorous, but but it was torture as as a as a kid, not knowing and knowing um, if my family was going to leave or what the case be, um, and I knew what would happen next if um, I was left behind. So I, I want us to look. I want us to uh, Revelation chapter number twenty, and verse number eleven. I want you to know. Well, we read there's there's several appointments that God has deemed um, to man. One of those appointments is we are one, all appointed once to die. Um, another of those appointments that God promised to man was Calvary, and God in the in the book of Genesis promised that there would be a Calvary, though we did not have all the details at that time. We do know that God promised. Uh, that he would send a Messiah. And then the next appointment that God has promised to man is that of judgment. Is that of judgment day. And there's two things for certain uh, that God will give a person the opportunity for salvation. 
And then the other thing that is for certain is every person will stand before God in judgment. And we find that as we, those that are saved, uh, that are saved here this morning, we, we will not stand at this judgment that we're going to look at specifically this morning. But we too will stand before judgment, though it will be a different judgment for those that are believers. And so if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, and I, I want you to really look at this, this uh, as, we, as we go through this, because this will be where you stand. And for us that are saved, may the Lord uh, burn it in our hearts that we don't forget that all of our loved ones, all of our friends, all of our neighbors that don't know Christ will one day also stand at this judgment. And for us that are saved, may God burn in our heart an urgency to reach those with the gospel so they don't find themselves at this judgment. Revelation chapter number 20, notice verse number 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them, and I saw the dead, small and great. Stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the, those things which, are, which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. And thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you for the glorious gift of salvation that is in Christ Jesus. Lord, as it's already been sung, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is seeking sand. And so, Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of the Word of God. I pray that you would bless the message. And God, use it for your honor and for your glory. May it stir hearts and convict sinners and convict the believers alike. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today I want us to look at this, uh, this judgment here that, is, that we have coined uh, the great white throne judgment. First of all, I want you to notice in verse number 11, I want you to notice the judge and his throne. There's some adjectives in verse number 11, and the first adjective here is that we come across in verse number 11 is that of the word great. This speaks of, the, of its power. It speaks of its authority. Uh, when, when a person stands at this great white throne judgment, there are no appeals. It is in our mind, if we would think of our justice system, it would be that of the Supreme Court. That after this ruling is made, after at this great white throne judgment, there is nowhere that you can go that you can appeal the judgment that has been passed down. Not only the first adjective do we see is that of the word great, but the second adjective we see describing this throne is that of white. And this speaks of purity. And we'll speak on that in just a few more moments. But not only do we see the adjectives, but we see the administrator. We see that in verse number 11, that as John is recording what, is, what he is seeing, he does not mention a name. 
He does. He says that there's a throne, but he does not mention who is on this throne. Now we know based upon other scriptures who it is on this throne. We find in John chapter number five, verse number twenty-two, twenty-seven, and verse number thirty. The Bible says this: For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Jesus goes on to say this: I can of mine own self do nothing; as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I speak not my own will, but the will of the Father, which hath sent me. Paul records in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. So not only do we see that it is the minister of this judgment is Jesus Christ, but we also see His countenance is different here than it is anywhere else. The prophet Daniel records this in chapter number 7, 9 through 10. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow. There again, white meaning pure. And the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame and his, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, notice this, and the books were open. We see that this person that is on this throne, the judge and his throne, the adjectives speak of that of greatness and power, but it speaks of that of purity. And we see the judge that is on his throne. He's not the Lamb of God anymore, but He is now the, the judge of all the world. And see, there's a different... A lot of people had this mindset that Jesus come the first time and He, he come the first time as the Lamb. But friend, when He comes a second time, He's not coming as a Lamb. He's coming as a Lion. The first time He came to save, the second time He's coming for judgment. And so we find that this, this, the adjectives, we see the administrator, but I want you to notice the action that also takes place in verse number 11. In the last part of verse number 11, we see whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Notice this phrase, and there was found no place for them. At this time, at this point, is when we find that the earth is destroyed by fire as described in Second Peter 3, 10, verse number 13. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to His promise look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. So in verse number 11, we find the judge and His throne and the things that are going to take place. But then in verse number 12, we find the impartiality 
of this throne. John, as he is beholding this judgment scene taking place, he makes a statement. He says, I saw the dead, small and great. Now, notice there again the word, those two words, the dead. And that lets us know that no person that has been saved by the grace of God is going to be present at this judgment because those that have been saved by the grace of God have been passed from death unto life. And so we find that this judgment is for those that are dead. He makes this statement. He says that he sees the small. This speaks of those that are insignificant. These are the average Joes. These are the homeless. These are the poor. These are the ones that that nobody really pays attention of. They they maybe they go go to their job and they work their job and they come home to their family and they that they're not out in the out in the world scene. They're not really out in the public's eye. They're just your average everyday person. John says, "I saw those people stand before." this throne but then he says not only did i see the small but i saw the great that that speaks of in importance we see that there's the kings and the rulers the presidents the congressmen the the senators all of the people that have that down through the year the queen that just passed away as she will stand before this throne and so there's no impartiality when dealing with this throne of people from all walks of life. Every tongue and every kindred is going to stand before God and stand before Jesus Christ on this judgment day. We not only see the judge and his throne and the impartiality of the throne, but I'm interested in a phrase here uh, that is in verse number 12. And the Bible says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And this is, a, this is two of the phrases I want to focus on just for a moment. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. I want us to look at the documents of this throne. Now, because there are, there are books, and because the, or we'll call them documents, uh, there again, this speaks of accuracy of the judgment. Uh, 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 we find that as, as God uh, opens up these books, uh, He is not judging based upon feelings. Uh, now, now, now we, we, well, we live in a world uh, that everybody's interested in your feelings. Uh, well, God's really not concerned about our feelings. Uh, he's more concerned about what we did with facts. And so what takes place is uh, he has these books that we'll see in a moment uh, and that these books are how those that uh, don't know Christ uh, will be judged by. We don't know every book uh, that it, that it is going to be used. However, based upon Scripture and other places in the Word of God, uh, we do have a record of some uh, of the books that are going to be used. Number one, the first, one of the first books that's going to be used in this judgment here is that of the Bible. It's that of the Word of God. John chapter number 12, verse number 48 says, He that rejoiceth with me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him 
in the last day. Now, there again, listen, we, we live in a world to where uh, people look, judge their righteousness by the unrighteousness of others. And they'll see a person who is maybe um, doing some gross sin uh, or some, some, something that is, is horrific. And they'll look at that person and they'll say, well, I'm not as bad as they are. Or I don't do what they do. Uh, listen, when the, Bible, the Bible makes it clear that when we judge our righteousness based upon others' unrighteousness, uh, that is very unwise. Uh, you, don't need to, you don't need to judge yourself according to what someone else does or does not do. You, need, you and I need to judge ourselves about what this book says. Uh, because when on Judgment Day, both for the saved and for the unsaved, we're not going to be standing before God with everybody else and you and say and God be there, God say you know what because they did this and you didn't do this I'm going to let you skate because they was doing this and you didn't do it. that's not going to be the way it is now now there again I, I we're going Lord's willing next week we'll look at the judgment seat of Christ is where those that are saved will appear. Uh, but the Bible is used in both of those uh, judgments. Uh, and so when we, when we stand up before God, whether saved or unsaved, it's not going to be uh, what did everybody else do that you didn't do, but it's going to be what didn't you do that the Bible says do, or what did you do that the Bible says not to do. And so I'm not going to be able to stand up before God and have my wife there and say, well, God, I wasn't faithful because my wife wasn't faithful. I wasn't on fire for God because this one wasn't on fire for God or so on and so on. But I'm going to have to stand before God by myself and give an account not for everybody else, but for Charlie. And that is what we have to understand is if you're lost here this morning, you're going to give an account for yourself. It's not going to be anybody else you're giving an account for. It's for yourself. And the Word of God is going to be used in your judgment. Not only do we see that the Bible is going to be used in this judgment, but we also see there obviously is a book of deeds that is going to be used in this judgment. Notice the last part of verse number 12. It says, And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, notice this, according to their works. So obviously, uh, there's a book in heaven that God is recording everything, every detail, every word, every action, every thought that they are going to be judged based upon those things. Now I want you to notice uh, uh, what Revelation, there again, we just read that Revelation 20 verse number 13. Now I want you to notice something. Uh, I, I tell you what, keep your place in Revelation chapter number 20. But turn with me to the Gospel of Luke uh, chapter number 12. Now I'm hurrying. I'm, I'm going as fast as I can because I don't want to go uh, too over time. Uh, but notice Luke chapter number 12. Uh, notice uh, beginning in verse number 42. 
Luke, I want you to see this with your own eyes so you don't think this is Charlie theology. Luke chapter 12, verse number 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom, the, whom the, his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him a ruler over all that he hath. Now notice this. But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men's servants and maid maidens, and to eat and drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him in his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew the Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according, according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Verse number 48. But he that kneweth not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to, he, to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. He said, preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that hell is going to be more tolerable for people who have not heard the gospel than it is for people that have heard it over and over and over and over again and rejected it. I'm telling you this morning that there's going to be a lot of Americans in hell that's going to have it worse than anybody else because we have so heard the gospel so much and they still have rejected it. Uh, Fred, listen to me. There's going to be there's a book of deeds that is recorded, and men and women will be judged by those deeds. And if you are here and you don't know Christ, but you have heard the gospel Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and you have rejected it and said no, woe be unto you on that day, friend. It's going to be. I'm telling you, I don't know how horrible it's going to be. But I do know this, it's going to be more horrible than your human mind and my human mind could even comprehend. And yet so many times we sit in a church unmoved, unbothered, and unconcerned. And friend, hell is lapping at your feet. It's lapping right underneath you. And each time you hear the gospel and you say no, your heart gets that much harder. But friend, one day you're going to beg God that you had listened. You'll beg God that you had turned from your sin and ask God to save you. But it's going to be too late. And you can, you can play with a lot of things in life. But eternity is not one that is worth playing with. And I'm just telling you, friend, if you have heard the gospel, uh, one, man, one preacher made the statement, he said, no man deserves to hear the gospel twice until all men have heard it once. And we as Americans have been so spoiled 
We are gospel hardened and there's going to be a lot of people having a lot of sad singing, slow walking and payments that they don't want to pay. They're going to have to pay because they have so heard the gospel so much, but yet they have rejected it. And one day you will answer for it. One day you will give an account for it. So I'm just telling you tonight, this morning, that you better understand and you better realize that if you don't know Christ, hell's not going to be a walk in a park for people who grew up on a church view and never accepted Christ. Now I'm telling you, friend, based upon that, it's going to be more tolerable for the person in Africa than it is for the person in America because Americans have so heard the gospel so much. So we find that there's a book of deeds. Every account. Man, could you imagine having to give an account for just what you've thought this week? Much less your whole life? Man, I'm glad I'm not going to be there. I'm glad all that was taken from me the day I got born again. There's the Bible. The book of deeds. Everybody all right? There's the book of life. He makes this statement. He said these books were open. The Bible. The book of deeds. But then he says there was another book which is the book of life. And this obviously contains the names of those who have been saved. Jesus tells his disciples in Luke chapter number 10 verse number 20. He says, notwithstanding this and this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So we see the documents of this judgment, to this throne. But then we see the judgment cast down from this throne. Verse number 14, verse number 15. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Reality of it is, is this judgment is not based. You don't, a person does not go to this judgment to determine whether they go to heaven or hell because that's already been said. The reason they go to this judgment is to see, there again, is to see how, how what it's going to be like for them. Because once a person has died and not accepted Christ, their fate is sealed. Their judgment is over with. Their judgment has already been pronounced. And so that when a person appears before, before Christ at this judgment, there's nowhere else they can go to appeal. It is not something that they will spend 20 or 30 years as it is a prison sentence. It is not that they will spend that time as they're doing a sentence and then they will be able to get out on good behavior. But this is for an eternity. This is not something where they will be able to uh, as Jehovah's Witnesses teach, that they will eventually be consumed up. But they will forever be there for eternity. 
You say, that's awful gloomy. That's awful doomy. It's your decision whether to go or not go. I'm, I'm afraid there's a lot of people that have bought into this ideology that God is so much love that that would never happen. But if it's in the Word of God, God cannot go against His Word. Amen. It will one day happen. And I'm afraid that it may happen to people we go to church with. I'm afraid it's going to happen to people in our families. I'm afraid it's going to happen to co-workers, to neighbors, to such alike. It is not if. It's just a matter of when. So if you're here and you don't know Christ, this is no playing matter. This is one day going to be your reality if you do not trust Christ. Can you imagine standing up before that, the judge on that day and saying, but I was baptized. I was a member of a church. I tithed. All those are good things. But none of those things will get you to heaven. You don't do those things to get to heaven or to be saved. You do those things because you are saved. Remember what Jesus said? He said, There'll be some on that day that'll say, Lord, Lord, hath we not prophesied in thy name? Hath we not done many wonderful works in thy name? And I'm paraphrasing it, and he'll say, I'm depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I never knew you. Saddest words in the Bible, for I never knew you. See, a lot of people have religion. But religion isn't it what it takes. It takes a relationship. Some of the meanest people you'll ever meet is religious people. If you have religion without Jesus, all it does is make you a threefold child of hell. When you got to have the Lord. Some of their musicians come. One day, if you're not saved here, one day this will be your destiny. But I'm glad you don't have to go there. Jesus died on an old rugged cross. On that third day, they put his body in the ground. That third and glorious day, he got up and ascended to the right hand of the throne of God. For he ever liveth and maketh intercession for us. And I'm glad salvation isn't complicated. If it was complicated, there's no way I could have done it. But I'm glad it's just for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.
But for us that are saved, could we find us a place to get on our face before God this morning and realize that it may be our kids going there. It may be our family that finds theirself here. It may be our neighbors that's here. That would beg God for a burden and for an urgency to tell them about Christ so they don't find themselves here. And how we need to be reminded that you just don't die and it's over. Matter of fact, death is not the ending, it's just the beginning. Eternity is long and hell is too hot and heaven's too sweet. Every head bowed, every eye closed as we stand to our feet just for a moment. I want you to honestly consider this morning do you know Christ? Do you have a personal relationship with Him or is it just a religious activity or duty that you fulfill? Do you really have a personal relationship with Christ? I've been a member member of this church for 50 years. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, you've been a lost member of this church for 50 years. And I know what people think. A lot of times you person that is says they've been saved and they know they're really not saved and God begins to deal with them about being saved and they'll say, what will other people think if I get saved? They, they thought I've been saved all this day. If they're the right kind, they'll shout and say hallelujah that you got saved. Wow. If they've got anything to say about it, they probably need to get saved themselves. Do you really have a relationship with Christ? If not... What we looked at this morning will one day become your reality. It'll be too late. For us that are saved, oh, 2023, how we need to beg God for a burden for those that don't know Christ. Because it could be my kids. It could be your kids. It could be your grandkids. Somebody's got to tell them. Somebody's got to pray for them. Somebody's got to go to them. Let's beg God for an urgency and for a burden. Before it's too late. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us. God, I, I don't know that reason you sent this message but I just trust that the fact that your word never returns to you void 
Father, for those that might be here that have a facade of religion or whatever it may be, God, I pray that you would break down those walls. God, help them. Lord, to realize that eternity is way too long to be wrong. And I pray that they get settled this day. Lord, for us that are saved, I pray you'd help us not stay in our seats, but find us a place to pray and beg you for burden, beg you to help us be a witness, because people we love, people we care about, is heading to this judgment. Lord, we can't save them, but we sure can. Show them the one who can. So, Father, give us that burden. Help us now. It's in Christ's name we ask. Every head bowed, every eye.